Like a lot of other people around the world, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle spent the last few weeks of the year getting in some quality family time. And probably like a lot of other people with complicated families, they decided to skip traditional Christmas celebrations with the whole royal fam. Instead, they spent several weeks in Canada with their son Archie. And apparently they did some soul searching over the holidays. Because this week, they dropped a bombshell on Instagram. Shocking announcement from the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. A rift in the royal family. It's astonishing. It's momentous. Pick a reaction. Disappointed, <laughs> hurt, angry, incandescent. Their Instagram posts said they will be stepping back as senior members of the royal family. They're going to live part of the time in North America. And while they say they're going to keep fully supporting the queen, they're also going to work to become financially independent from the monarchy. Wait, what? British royals who are only sometimes royal and living in North America, can they do that? Why is the monarchy paying for their lives? Can the monarchy pay for our lives? What does this mean? We had so many questions, so we're going to break it down. First, what are Harry and Meghan's actual responsibilities in the royal family? What's changing? If there's precedent for this? And what's going through the Queen's head right about now? So let's get into it. First, what do they do? The first thing to know is the monarchy is sort of like a family business. The queen is CEO, and the rest of the royals serve her. That means a lot of charity events and social engagements and showing up on the queen's behalf, because she can't be everywhere at once. Also, she's 93. In their roles, Harry and Meghan act as official royal patrons for certain charities. That's a fancy word for volunteer or spokesperson. An organization with a royal patron gets vital publicity and awareness for their work. Harry and Meghan also travel throughout the Commonwealth, which is a group of 53 countries that works together on things like promoting democracy and human rights. The Queen is the head of the Commonwealth, and many of these countries are former British territories. Unlike you and me, Harry and Meghan aren't waiting around every month for payday. As senior royals, they actually aren't allowed to have an income. Instead, they receive money to carry out their official duties through the Sovereign Grant, Basically, it's an annual payment from the government to the monarchy to support royal duties. So what's changing? Harry and Meghan seem to want to scale back on their official duties and have the chance to earn professional income, just like regular people. They say they're going to phase out the sovereign grant money, although it's only 5% of their funding. They get the rest from income generated through Prince Charles's private investments, and it's unclear if they're going to give that up too. Plus, Harry has an inheritance from his mother, Princess Diana, and Meghan was an actress before she married Harry. They're reportedly worth at least an estimated 30 million pounds. So they want financial independence. They also want to move really far away, at least part-time. Meghan grew up in California, but the rumor is they'll go to Canada. That's where they spent part of the holidays. It's where Meghan used to live when she was filming her TV show Suits. And it's conveniently part of the Commonwealth, meaning they could perform royal duties there. Oh, and one more change. They're breaking up with the British media, as in pulling out of what's called the Royal Rota system, which gives certain British outlets exclusive access to royal activities. Harry and Meghan are not on good terms with some of these outlets. I've never been part of tabloid culture. I've never been in pop culture to that degree and, and lived relatively quiet life, even though I focus so much on my job. And I think we were just hit so hard at the beginning with a lot of mistruths that I made the choice to not read anything, positive or negative. It just didn't make sense. And instead, we focused all of our energies just on nurturing our relationship. On us. Yeah. On us. 
That was Megan during an interview with BBC News in 2017, shortly after she and Harry got engaged. They've had a tense relationship with the British press, and they've both sued outlets in the past year. In their announcement this week, they said they want to expand press access to their work and criticized British royal correspondents for misrepresenting the royal family. Here's what's not changing. They're still going to carry out official duties on behalf of the Queen. They'll keep their British residence in Windsor, which taxpayers paid to renovate. And they'll keep their taxpayer-funded security service. Also, their royal titles. Coming up, is the Queen spilling her tea over this? That's next. It's engagement season. And if you're thinking about where to register, we recommend Wayfair. They have everything from traditional kitchen items to furniture. Plus, they offer free shipping and returns for you and your guests. Yes, even for the big stuff. Right now, Wayfair Registry is offering Skim This listeners $50 in Wayfair rewards when you create a registry. Just use promo code SKIM50 at wayfair.com SKIM50. That's wayfair.com SKIM50. So what about the queen? Spoiler, she's probably not feeling great about this. It seems Buckingham Palace were caught on the hop, uh, as they have been frequently by what, uh, what Harry and Meghan have done in the past. That was the hot take from the queen's former press secretary on BBC. Here's the deal. The monarchy is an institution that loves tradition and doesn't so much love rocking the boat. So this announcement was a huge deal, especially because the queen apparently didn't get a heads up about it. And Buckingham Palace released a statement that seemed to show the family was caught off guard. It said that discussions with Harry and Meghan are at an early stage and that the situation they're proposing is complicated. So is there a precedent here? Not exactly. Other members of the royal family have left their official duties behind. Let's go back to 1936. But you must believe me when I tell you that I have found it impossible to carry the heavy burden of responsibility and to discharge my duties as king as I would wish to do without the help and support of the woman I love. That's King Edward VIII advocating the throne so he could marry Wallace Simpson, an American woman who'd been divorced twice which was clearly unacceptable in the eyes of the monarchy. So he chose love. How romantic. Except he basically lived in exile for the rest of his life. I have made this the most serious decision of my life. Only upon the single thought of what would, in the end, be best for all. King Edward's decision had a ripple effect that can be traced all the way to this week's news. That's because when he abdicated, his brother took over as king, King George VI. And when King George died in 1952, his daughter Elizabeth became queen. Yes, the same Elizabeth who is still queen and who is Prince Harry's grandmother. King Edward's breakup with the monarchy altered the course of history. To be fair, the stakes are lower this time around. Edward was literally the king of England when this happened. Harry is sixth in line for the throne and is pretty much guaranteed not to wear the crown. Plus, Edward was essentially forced to give up his position in order to marry Simpson. Harry and Meghan are voluntarily pulling away from the royal family, but still want to maintain some ties. 
Still, people aren't happy. Here's acclaimed British journalist Tina Brown on CBS. And it confuses and alienates the British public if they feel that you're a celebrity who's sort of coining a lot of money on one level, and then suddenly you switch into being a royal prince who's, you know, being funded uh, by the government to go on Commonwealth tours. Basically, you can't have your royal cake and eat it too. What and how they're going to do whatever they say they're going to do uh, remains to be seen. It's a logistical nightmare. That was the former press secretary again. Basically, what happens next is anyone's guess. This has never really happened before. So the palace is pretty much saying, let us get back to you on that. And that ironing out the details might take a while. So back to all those questions we had. Can royals be only partially royal and live in North America? Apparently, yes. At least Harry and Meghan think so. Ask for forgiveness, not permission, right? Why is the monarchy paying for their lives? Because that's the way it works when you're born into a royal bloodline or marry into a royal bloodline. But the couple is also independently wealthy. Can the monarchy pay for our lives? Wishful thinking. So finally, what does this mean? Why does all of this matter? Some say in the long run, it doesn't. Harry is highly unlikely to become king. Let him and Meghan do what they want. But here's the bigger picture. The monarchy isn't always big on change. It's been an enduring, steady presence in British culture for centuries. The queen and her family are the glue that keeps this symbolism from crumbling. Here's British historian Robert Lacey. Queen Elizabeth represents what we call the dignified part, the patriotic side of public life. And then the politicians get on with the nasty business of governing. We can change our prime minister and keep reverence to our queen. How this arrangement works out could pave the way for a more modern egalitarian monarchy. For now, we have to wait and see.